Welcome to the First Right Podcast, your weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration Pack. I'm Doug Truax, president and founder of Restoration Pack. Today, we're blessed to have a first-time guest and one of our COVID heroes, Dr. Mary Bowden. Now, during the pandemic, she was treating her patients with therapeutics, and she wasn't listening to big tech, big pharma, big media, that the only thing you can do is the vaccines and no therapeutics. And for this, she got publicly shamed, but to her credit, she was very courageous and she stuck with it. So we're really happy to have her today and we applaud her courage. Welcome to the show, doctor. Really want to go back to the beginning, really, when COVID hit and um, a lot was going on. You're seeing patients, you're doing your thing, you've got your therapeutics going. And then the medical establishment starts talking and doing maybe different things. So just take us back to that window of time and how that played out for you. Even give us the months so that we kind of know the context and, and what you were up against in that window of time. Right. So I... So I'm an ear, nose, and throat doctor, and I see a lot of people with respiratory tract infections. And I had patients coming to me who were sick at the beginning of the pandemic, and they wanted to get tested. And early on, you may remember, it was very hard to get testing. And uh, as an ENT, I was working with this lab called Microgen DX. It was doing PCR testing for patients with chronic sinusitis. So it's a test that gives you information about bacterial infections in the sinuses as a PCR test. And they came out with a saliva test for COVID. So I started using that on my patients and it was great because I was able to get turnaround times in 24 to 48 hours. It's a contact-free process. Patients can go to their car, spit in a cup, and then leave the cup outside the office so there's no exposure risk. Um, and so my practice kind of morphed into this COVID hub because I was able to uh, provide testing when testing was hard to come by. Then I had patients telling me, you know, I, they would test positive and we'd say, okay, well, go follow up with your primary care doctor. And as we all know, many primary care doctors either refuse to see patients, they shut their doors, or they said, oh, you'll be fine. Just, you know, you know, treat it like a cold. And if you get really bad, then go to the emergency room. Well, this was more than a cold and people were um, obviously getting pretty sick. So um, the first thing I tried to do, I, I purposely located my clinic in a strip mall because I wanted it to be easy in and out. I, I can't stand the whole parking garage thing when you go to the doctor. Um, so I was able to provide breathing treatments in patients' um, cars. Um, and I started with that, and then I just started researching more and more things about what we could do to try to keep people from going to the hospital. Um, and I basically sort of started, adapted the FLCCC's protocol. Um, and I added, you know, tweaked it a little bit with my own things. Um, and then also doing monoclonal antibodies. Um, and so I became a, testing center to a outpatient treatment center and most recently sort of the next best thing the hospital because patients have become so worried about going to the hospital and either getting neglected or you know trapped or given medications they don't want to get so I um, have been seeing patients who probably should be going to the hospital but won't um, and that's been very interesting because uh, I've been able to help them much more than I would have previously thought possible uh, by giving them basically high-dose IV steroids, high-dose IV vitamin C um, in conjunction with 
I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, if it'll get banned, but that were, you know, those other medications. Right. right. Uh, so uh, anyway, it's just been a gradual evolution um, that I just sort of pivoted as needed um, in response to what's going on. And um, it's, 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 it's been a whirlwind, but it's been very rewarding. Yeah, speaking of the whirlwind, so we're just grateful for doctors like you. So what was that like, though, when it started to be like, hey, you're not doing the protocol that we expect you to do? What was the media, the medical yeah. establishment, all those types of things? Well, how, how did that feel when all that started coming through? Not great. I, so I basically I got into trouble because I sent an email just to my patients. It was about 7,000 people on the email. Um, and I was complaining about some things um, that I was seeing. And that got me in the spot. Uh, it got me under the radar of Methodist Hospital. And Methodist uh, started paying attention to what I was tweeting. And they didn't like the fact that I was um, tweeting against vaccine mandates. And, you know, talking about the potential benefits of that I word. And so they kind of went after me publicly. And, you know, prior to that, I was I was known, you know, in a small group in Houston, sure. but they put me sort of in the, in the, <laughs> in the, thrust me into the public spotlight. And that, that was pretty bad. And since then I've had, you know, complaints against me to the medical board and, you know, I've gotten a lot of um, negative um, responses from the public, but, you know, on that flip side, a lot of positive responses as well. Yeah. How would you say that I'm always interested when people get attacked how would you say that's balanced out in terms of the positives, uh, people being appreciative, maybe even you know increased traffic to your uh, to your clinic? You know how how's it how's it played out over time in your mind at this point? Yeah, you know, I go back and forth, deciding okay, is this how bad is this? How, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm very glad that I have helped people who needed help, and then on the flip side, though, like. It's had some personal problems. You know, I've lost friends, and I mean, we all have, but I've I've lost some friends that I, shocking to me. I had I found out that one of my sons didn't get accepted to a high school he wanted to because I was too controversial. Um, there's parties I won't go to because I'm I just don't want to run into a lot of pushback or negative vibes at a party. Sure. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's good, but there's also some bad. Yeah. It's tiring. I get it. You know, it's like you get out there and you, you get on the front edge of something. And especially in your case where, you know, in your heart and your mind, you know, it's right. And you're going to do that for your patients. And then suddenly you get attacked for it. And, you know, I, People like you, we just really, really admire your courage. And I just wonder too, how many of your peers have you talked to that have told you privately that, you know what, you're, you're, you're probably right, or I wish I would have stood up more or, or anything like that. I'm always interested to hear if there's, there's folks out there that are staying under the radar because they're afraid to take some heat. Mm, not... <laughs> Not that many. Oh, no. <laughs> I was hoping for more. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I guess. There are some. Yeah. Not yeah. totally hopeless, but not that many. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in that regard, so like it feels, so I'm just speaking to ordinary Americans, it feels like we went from, you can 
trust your doctor no matter what and hear, hear what they have to say and they'll direct you the right right place to there's protocols now there's the medical establishment and you know i like you talk to a lot of people that are now super distrustful of the whole thing and so what what do you what advice do you give now to people even if they aren't your patient just to somebody you just met and they're saying things like this what do you what do you tell ordinary american citizens about the state of play and what what they should do well i, I would say first is you're looking for a primary care doctor i would go to flccc's website and you'll find like-minded doctors I think the direct primary care movement is going to grow because of this. And that that's physicians that don't contract with insurance companies or hospitals. They only work for their patients. So they're, they can't be influenced by third parties. Now they're not all like-minded from what I can tell, but it's, it's a good way to start. Um, and yeah, I think they're going to be parallel tracks of healthcare now. You know, this is going to create two systems. And you know, if I had to get open heart surgery, I, I don't think the COVID situation would be an issue. But it's for those everyday sort of um, issues and the ongoing chronic care that I think you need to be particularly choosy about. And I think you know, you'll 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 find it if you do some research. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you're you're dead on about where this is going. I was looking at your website and the way you're set up, like you said, you don't like the parking garages. So people just walk straight in and you take good care of them and do different things. And I think you said that you try to make sure when they walk out, they're feeling better and they got the medications and things like that. And then also the direct contracting piece in my, uh, this is my political world in my uh, entrepreneurial world. I do health insurance and we work with a lot of self-insured employers. And that direct contracting thing is a very big deal now. And because uh, people are seeing what's happening, if you sign these massive contracts with these hospitals, you don't know exactly how this is going to play out. But if you can find the right places and you say to your 100 or so or 150 employees, hey, if you got a problem, go over here. And so mm -hmm. what, talk to that a little bit. Are you seeing more and more employers? I mean, is, is, has your notoriety on some level uh, helped you in that regard? I know I'm going to do everything I can to help in that way because we do have Texas clients as well. So, <laughs> But uh, what's going on with that with you? Uh, yeah, so I, I work with this um, company called Texas um, Free Market Man Medical Management. I think this is name. It was Texas Free Market Surgery, but they've expanded. And they basically send me patients who are all worked up to have some sort of ENT surgery, um, but because I can afford it, I, I can provide it for a more affordable price, they get sent to me instead. Um, so that business is thriving. I don't, I haven't had any, from what I can tell, I haven't seen a dip in that. Um, and I love it because, you know, it's, it's easy. It's, you know, they've already been evaluated, worked up, determined that they need surgery and they just come to me and then I get to do it. And, you know, it's a win-win situation because I provide them with, you know, more efficient and more personal care than what they were receiving. It's more affordable for everyone. So I Absolutely. love that. Yeah. And it's created the two systems, which basically comes down to affordability and quality of care. And if it gets easier for the patients to see all that, then it's definitely going to, it's going to speed it up. So last question, have you seen anybody uh, that, uh, how many patients have you seen that have come in that have basically gone to somebody else and they're not vaccinated and they have COVID 
and mm-hmm. and the people you know at the hospital and, and I'm just speaking from experience I have a friend that went it's not vaccinated but he got COVID he's in the hospital the doctor shows up and it basically is like get him out of here I don't want to see him and so you know he ends up at a doctor in the suburbs of Chicago that takes care of him and basically says yeah you're about a couple days from the pneumonia was getting so bad that you're probably gonna die and and you know he gets kicked out of the hospital because he's not vaccinated so you know I that was really eye-opening now he's fine it's all good but I was just shocked that that's how this is breaking out too on the on vaccine status too right unfortunately I don't have definite proof that this is happening but I do hear it from patients um yeah. one thing that people should know is that covid kind of things start going badly around day seven or eight. So, and, that, and you can intervene at day seven and eight with high dose steroids if needed. And that's what how I've kept people out of the hospital. I've had people show up in my office with oxygen saturations in the 80s or low 80s. And you can, you can treat them as an outpatient with high dose, I think the high dose steroids really, and the breathing treatments um, really can save a lot of lives. Um, but that day seven and eight is when things start to go badly. Well, hey, I just really appreciate all that you've been doing. I know it's been a tough road and, and we're, you know, folks like us are here for you uh, and uh, we'll do everything to, to promote uh, what you're doing. And like I said, I looked at all your stuff online. It's a great clinic. I would encourage anybody in Houston that uh, wants to go a different route to, to come and see you and, and thank you for standing up and, and doing the right thing over this last window of time. Well, thanks so much for having me and letting me talk. Well, all right, that's our show for today. Thanks so much for tuning in and for supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget that by working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. Until next time, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without the liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe by texting FIRST RIGHT to 30161. That's FIRST RIGHT, all caps, one word, to 30161.